Hey guys, welcome back to the Iris Global Green Room. It's back. I know you've been waiting and we are here in Tennessee in our new studio. And today uh, I have a two really special guests and I know you're going to love them. It's Jess and James Brewer, the producer, writer, director, editor, all of the new uh, film documentary documenting what's taking place in Mozambique with the terrorism and the the revival that's continuing to go forth in the midst of chaos. The film is called Nefento. Um, you can find more information about it at nefento.com. But before we get into the interview, I want you guys to take a look at the trailer uh, for, the, for the film. And uh, I want you to get a taste of what is about to come this November. So check out the trailer for uh, the new film, Nefento. Since 2017, the insurgency in Mozambique has been blamed for more than 3,000 deaths, with more than 800,000 people displaced and more than one million in need of food aid. There are even reports of beheadings of children as young as 11, 12 years old. Here is Al-Shabaab, a homegrown insurgency now linked to the Islamic State group with a taste for abductions and butchery. Mozambique is a very, very poor country. It's the eighth poorest country in the world. And Cabo Delgado, the northernmost province, is the poorest province in the country. It's a humanitarian crisis that the rest of the world has ignored. Many of our friends have lost their homes. They've been burned down. Others have lost their lives. But we are empowered by love. And because we're empowered by love, will continue to go. We're going to continue to go low and slow. You can't stop us because love wins. Instead of being overwhelmed by a world filled with so much pain where extremists come and war happens, instead of being overwhelmed by that, we're empowered by the love of a God who is love to stop for the one in need. What's up, Jess and hey. James? How are you doing? Good. Welcome to uh, back to the Iris Global Green Room for everybody that's watching. We're back. Uh, we're here in Tennessee. And the first interview is with two of our incredible missionaries, Jess and James. Hola. <laughs> uh, they are not uh, drunk with wine. They are uh, Australian. Just Australian. We are yeah. very Australian. Um, 
it's so good to have you guys here. And today I'm really, really excited to be here with you guys because for years uh, you have been working on an incredible documentary that is about to be released. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we get into it, they just watched the trailer. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Yeah. Yay. Well, yeah. Thank you, Will, for having us. Yeah. I know that's a huge risk to have two Australians <laughs> on the green room. But um, yeah, well, me and James, we're from Australia. We're from a small island called Tasmania. Um, deep south. Deep, deep south. That's probably as, as low as you can go. But yeah, we, we love it there. And we've been missionaries for Iris for the last five years now. Um, we've been a little longer. We're in Mozambique for five years. Oh yeah, five, in Mozambique for five. Years. Then working on this film for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, we um had been serving there, doing media um on the ground in Pemba, and absolutely loving it. But um, yeah, and as you know, the last um, I guess since two thousand and seventeen, it's been very different in Pemba than when we mm. started. Um, that's when the terrorism first began, and things started to get a lot more hectic. And um, you know, we already going through a lot with, you know, like, I guess, floods and cyclones yeah. and poverty. But yeah. um, terrorism was another new thing for us all. So, yeah, um, we're just really privileged that we get to be able to glorify God with the skills he's given us. And hopefully people will like the film. But mm. Yeah. I mean, well, let's just start this off right from the bat. Mm -hmm. Nefento. Yes. Nefento? Yep, Nefento. Yes. What does it mean? Do you want to share in that one, honey? Yeah. So the area in Mozambique, northern Mozambique, predominantly is a group of people called the Makua. Uh, anyone who follows Iris would probably already know that. But, um, yeah, one thing Heidi says a lot is how Jesus loves you, or Jesus loves everyone sort of thing. And she says that in Makua as well. And that main word, Nefento, means love. So um, because it's a, a catchphrase or just a thing Heidi says a lot, we thought it was very fitting for the film as well because that's really what we feel the film encapsulates is even though there's such horrific things happening and yeah um it doesn't kind of seem like there's any end to what's been happening either it's just kind of escalated and then mutated into new challenges but through all of it and through all the tragedy jesus's love has prevailed and there's great stories of hope and yeah and i mean we were just we're not the most talented or the most capable people to, to film this, we were just there. So, well, I would disagree entirely with that statement. I think <laughs> well, you guys are insanely talented. I think, I think Jesus, Jesus gave us the strength to do it because it didn't make any sense. No, so, it was but, on the outside. It looked a little bit comical that we were there and we were the two people filming, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, we really hope that it, it sheds light because it's still, even though Iris has talked about what's happening there a lot and there's been some media coverage now, it's still pretty much an unknown war, an unknown conflict. And, yeah, the title's sake, Nefento, we feel like, you know, giving these people time for their stories to be shared, yeah. not just a 30-second clip that you see on BBC News. Yeah. Um, and it, we're thankful that the media has been covering it more and more, but um, we really felt we wanted to humanise what's happening there and right. it not yeah. just be statistics right. and not just be, oh, uh, there's this other bit of terrorism across Africa or the Middle East. Yeah. These are actually, we wanted to, you know, you see this person's face, you hear their story and, and what it's been like. And, and like for the Christians as well, because it's been a, an issue of terrorism, but also religious persecutions right. in the mix as well. So, um, 
yeah, we're really hoping that sheds light to that and people feel compelled to, to pray and, and get involved in any way that they can because there is lots of ways that they can can help. Listen, um, everybody just saw the trailer, right? It mm. is a heavy trailer, right? Yeah. It's a heavy film. Mm. Um, why would somebody want to watch this, right? Like there is so much going on in Africa. There is so mm. much, you just, everything gets lost in the mix. Yeah. Mm. What, why, why watch this? Like, That's a good question. <laughs> why add more, uh, you yeah. know, sadness to everything yeah. that's going on? Yeah, I think for us, that was definitely a thought in our mind because when we were in Mozambique, so um, we didn't, we didn't think we were going to create a documentary. We went, when we were there, we usually meet media needs and we kind of um, always see like what we have to bring, not as valuable as a doctor or a nurse or a farmer. And God's really started to just change our thinking. And he just spoke to us clearly about, I gave you these skills and gift, gifts and I want you to use them for me. And so with that, um, we just felt challenged that these people deserve a voice. Yeah. And not only the people, but God is moving and God is breathing mm. amongst all the chaos and the craziness and the darkness, like the light is shining. Yeah. And so for us, we also wanted to, I guess, share the testimonies um, mm. of what it is like to be in these crazy dark places, but also how the church can rise up mm. and be the hands and feet of Jesus on the ground. And yeah. um, so, of course, there's always stories of terror and conflict mm. and just tragedy that's happening all over the world. And we do pray that what we're able to capture, although shows the reality and it doesn't try to hide it. And we could have we even advised that maybe we should have gone into it a bit more deeper with um, what the terrorism look, looked like. But um, we just prayerfully wanted to show enough to give people a picture, but then also share the mm. glorious news of Jesus and yeah. how he is standing with those people and yeah. he's advocating for them and intervening on their behalf. And I think you guys captured it stunningly. In fact, uh, I've watched, I've watched the rough cut multiple times. Um, and I think the first three times I just wept mm. and wept and wept. Uh, for me, for me, uh, the story, uh, I forget the woman's name, but the woman with the special needs child that ran Selena. and escaped, Selena. Selena. Oh my goodness, like, I don't know. Yeah, wrecks me. It, it, it's so powerful and so touching. As you were there and capturing these moments, which you captured a lot, like what what is in the film is just a fraction mm. yeah. of the stories that you captured. Separate from what people might see in the film, was there anything that's really struck struck you guys? Was there a story that's kept you up at night? Um, as you've processed uh, mm. listening to all the testimonies. Yeah. I think for us, like we were there on the ground and um, we had a one-year-old with us. Yeah. Um, I was pregnant and um, it was the <laughs> beginning of the pandemic. So we were there and um, in March, the pandemic became a global, a global thing, an issue. And um, for us, having a young family in a war zone mm we could really relate to how these families were feeling and how these children and mm -hmm. these parents and what they were going through, we could only yeah. empathize. We could, for us, that really touched our hearts because mm -hmm. we were hearing stories of children and families in the middle of the night, ISIS coming and burning down houses and in the chaos of the night without any lights, no phones, no torches, people would flee and they would lose contact with their children and they would just be running into the bush yeah. and would hear stories 
of how children mm. didn't know if their parents were alive or parents didn't know if their children were alive or if they'd survived. And that wasn't just one. That wasn't just one circumstance. Right. Right. This was over and over and over again. And that was really hard for us. Like we, we would hear that and just picture ourselves being in that situation. Yeah. And I think it's healthy to do because we can be so desensitized yeah. to what happens in the world. But when we really try mm. to put ourselves in others' shoes, it motivates us to do something. And that's what actually did compel us more and give us more desire to try to create a film. And yeah. the only way we could, like, there's so much in the story of how we got to creating the actual Nefentu film, but one way was me telling James that, okay, it'll just be a 20-minute film. And then because right. <laughs> he was just like, there's no way we can do this. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. We can't like – and I said, well, let's just try to do something for 15, 20 minutes. And he was like, okay, we'll try to do that. And now that eventuated into something which is closer to f- about 50 or four, 50, yeah, 50 minutes. 50 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. One of, one of the things that you guys captured really beautifully was the hope in the midst of the suffering, right? Mm. Um, you you I think you, you hit on it already. There's so much out there. Uh, and we have this phrase, I think, in the Christian world where it's nameless, faceless generation. Mm. And one of the things that, that, that hit me in my heart when I was over there was the, they're not nameless and they're not faceless. These are uh, tribes and villages that we have, all three of us mm. sitting here have been to, yeah. right? Personally, we've ministered in them, uh, in the villages. Um, we've, we've slept in, the, in yeah. the property of the pastors. Camped in their backyards yeah. and tents. Yeah, and mm. done outreach. So all of this, everything, all this horrific, is the backdrop has been years of yeah. revival taking place. Mm. And I thought you guys really captured the the dichotomy of the chaos the 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 horrific yet still being in the midst of revival Mm. um tell me about your process in that because that is a very Mm. hard thing i think for the western church to understand yeah how 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 do you have revival and and the chaos yeah yeah well i think when we first were approaching the film we wanted it to be yeah, authentic, and we also wanted it to be wide-reaching as far as demographic. I think when we were first filming it, we weren't thinking, oh, this is just for people that have followed Iris or this, right. is, this is just for Christians because when we first started filming, there was very little media coverage, and even within the country there was very little known. Like even when we just before we'd, we'd left Mozambique in 2020 to go have our child, Um a lot of people in the south didn't even know what was happening in the north and this is a country that's you know not huge like like america where there's so many right. states and so much going on like there's only it's one strip of land across the coast you think people would would know what's happening but they still didn't and um so we started to realize oh this we, we try to make this as as wide-reaching as we can and and for that reason we 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 tried to do it in a language that isn't like we'd say christianese mm-hmm. where people can actually understand what god's doing without using you know those buzzwords and those right. fl- fluff words that to a non-christian make no sense yeah and um so we tried to do that and but the hope that comes through it really has nothing to do with us yeah like you know we didn't plan to film a lady with a disabled son and then her say you know, all strength comes from God right. and I haven't lost my hope. Like she just said it like what, 
what God's been doing and what Iris has been partnering with God to do in, in that place for decades just permeates through the people's mm-hmm. characters. You know, they there's no, like, hyping anything up or mm-hmm. saying anything. Or, or they're not, you know, coerced to say these certain things in front of a camera. They're just speaking from their heart and sharing their experience. And I think that's the most beautiful thing. We didn't, we didn't direct yeah. those things. You know, we asked questions and, and Jess came prepared, you know, prayerfully prepared. Um, but... But people still had hope, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of the atrocities they'd witnessed themselves, you know, yeah. having to flee their own village, seeing family members, you know, killed in front of them. They still like, but I have hope. I have hope that God can bring me out of it. I've seen him do things before. And I think that's the special thing. And Heidi mentions that in the film and when she shares her around the world, is like the resilience of people in Mozambique because they've gone through, you know, a lot of the people there grew up in times of civil war they grew up in times of then floods and then there's been cyclones and poverty and yeah I, I think a lot of people would want to know what is it like to follow someone like heidi baker around in in the middle of this like you actually have a front row seat mm. to the things that 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 you hear heidi preach and share and rollin preach and share around the globe what is it like following her around as as she's practically serving in the middle of this mad <laughs> describe <laughs> this like, please tell mad. people think, you say mad okay what I does think, that mean i think you need a lot of energy yeah um and you need to be just asking god okay what do i need to do right now because w- one thing we want to be very um sensitive about is that when we're coming with cameras we're not there to exploit Mm. people's stories yeah we're not there to be paparazzi we're not there to be insensitive we want to go low and slow and be really honoring and so there's stories that we could have filmed that would really captivate people's hearts and really create um i guess clickbait so to speak you know but that's not our role that's Mm. the news does that the world does media Mm. that way but it's not our heart we really want to be honoring and going low and slow and prayerfully asking god is this a time i put my camera away and i just join in with the ministry and praying and doing the food relief and helping or is this a time lord that you um give me permission to film and asking the people permission and consent to film and that's something that we could have caught so much more but Mm -hmm. we would rather miss a story so to speak yeah and get that not covered and be honoring and be present um so for us it was definitely prayer prayerfully um asking god as we went with heidi and um yeah you definitely need a lot of energy with heidi because she's supernaturally empowered with such a capacity that Mm. And I was pregnant, so I was pretty like, and I was a fat pregnant lady. Like, <laughs> it was but, a big. Um, he was a big baby. So. It was yeah, it was a very big baby. But um, it was a privilege. It was a privilege, and um, and the and the last year where we actually we'd been filming things for years yeah. with Iris and and capturing and documenting what God's been doing, but it's only in 2020 when the you know the pandemic was a big thing, and then all the restrictions and all the different changing logistics that were happening with that that we you know felt god say to make this film and heidi was very encouraging she's like i really feel like you meant to do this and and um so yeah we we did that but that had all of its new challenges for heidi too because she was wanting to go meet these people because she knew these these people from these far-off villages that have now 
coming into our city of Pember right. and we're, we're trying to gather resources to feed them. Let's give some people a little bit of perspective. Yes. So we're talking yeah. about uh, the last time I saw the numbers, it was eight, I think over 850,000 yeah. people have fled Northern Mozambique yes. to come down towards Pemba, which yeah. is kind of on the edge of where the attack is, even though it's mm. come very, very close, just yeah. miles yeah. away from Pemba. So you have, a, you have this mass exodus of people. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're referred to as IDPs internally displaced, displaced people yeah. and they're, and they're coming South. And so, and so you guys, Heidi, the amazing team, our Mozambican team, our missionaries sprung into action and mm. are going out preaching, uh, feeding, uh, getting, getting the gospel to as many people as we can, uh, passing out solar Bibles. It's incredible. And a lot of what you captured was there in those moments. Um, when, when you, when you captured the, uh, the video, oh, I, I forget their names, but it's, it, it struck me so, so hard. The, the woman whose uh, husband was a pastor, Liza, Liza, Eliza, yeah, Eliza, yeah. uh, that was a little bit earlier on mm. uh, in when things started to get a lot worse. Yeah. Was that the first time you'd heard a story like that in person? No, sadly, like that was literally like we were doing these at that time. We were doing distributions a couple days a week because there was just so much need. And everyone we went to, there was someone with a story like that. Yeah. Whether or not they were, you know, a Christian and had a pastor or part of the church, but everyone had a story where I saw a family member, you know, murdered, murdered in front of me or someone I, was kidnapped or like, um, yeah. And it, it was like, that's, that's another thing where we're just like, we need to, we need to show the world what's going on here. Like that same day where we filmed her earlier before we filmed her, it's at the start of the film. Heidi's sitting with another lady and she, she's lost all of her family. Right. She's now, widowed she doesn't have any children and and she's like yeah in the same position and Heidi's like the world's not hearing this and we we're we're with these people because the world needs to know what's going on Mm -hmm. and then you know an hour later we sat with Eliza and and she started to share her story and she only gets you know a minute into it and she just breaks down crying because you know she's been trying to put on a tough front she's looking after her children and, and family members' children and they're sleeping. They thankfully knew someone who's got a house in the in the area but they've got no bedding and they're all just sleeping in one room on the floor and, mm. and I went with some of the pastors after we filmed that to, you know, just help support them and, and do whatever we could to see what their living situation was like. And But, yeah, we would we would hear that all the time and it was like it was getting to the point where it's like, and I know for our friends that have stayed and continued on the work yeah. and, the, and the Mozambicans as well, it's like, you know, there's an element where obviously you start to almost get desensitized to that, overwhelmed, that like story yeah. or you don't even know how to digest process. it. And, yeah, it's... W- what has that done to your faith? Because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, uh, I, I was we were together in, during the cyclone and that yeah. was chaos. Mm, the year before, yeah. Yep. And then I went over for about a week and struggled the entire time I was there, how do you guys process that? You know, the goodness of God um, and being in the midst of this revival, what did that do to your faith? Yeah. I mean, it, it made us trust Jesus a lot greater than we did before. Explain that. Cause Um, people are like, that's crazy. That's a crazy concept. Even before the cyclone 
comes, and I'm, I know we joke about it and you, you tease me about it. Um, I had g- felt sick with dengue fever. I'd been back in Mozambique less a week. In 2019. And just before the cyclone came. And so I was laid up in bed and Jess is like trying to prepare the house because the cyclone's coming. And we're from Tasmania where we don't get tropical storms. Right. We get wind, like 100-kilometer winds, but we'd never experienced one. I had no idea. And so Jess is taping up the windows and I'm just like ah, in a bed, you know, <laughs> just next to death. And they keep like pricking me and checking my blood and it's just getting worse. And there's storms coming in and I'm like, they're like maybe you should go. And I'm like, I don't know. We couldn't know. even emergency evacuate him out if we wanted to because At of that the point we'd last, we'd waited too long. And so we just pray and a friend of ours, we're really close with the Mozambican guy and we, we he's like our brother and he was worried about his, his little sisters and he was like, I don't know if our house is going to hold like, can they camp out in your guys' lounge room? We're like, sure. So they camped the night in our lounge room and we, me, Jess, and our little girl, Grace, she was only like six months at the time, was in our bed and we all just slept soundly. No one woke up. We slept through the cyclone. The cyclone passed over <laughs> yeah. and we started to have some flooding in the morning, but I woke up completely healed and like- Come on. No one had prayed for me before I'd gone to bed. Throughout the week, we'd had our boys that live in our children's center come yeah. and- they laid at the bottom of the bed and all prayed for me. And lots yeah. of people were praying for me. So, so God did this amazing thing. And and then we were propelled into the work of the relief work and trying to figure out how do we go help people when there's terrorism all around. And But during that, I it was the same sort of thing. I started hearing stories about the terrorism by visiting this tribe that we'd never really been able to minister be- before. And I heard this one story about a family they were out, you know, the back area of the house and they had a small toddler and when the winds came, because this region was struck much harder with yeah. the cyclone, the little the little girl was swept away and they never found her again. And it was just horrific to hear that story, especially, you know, now that you have your own children and you can kind of empathise a lot more and, you know, all the late nights when you're up, you know, right. feeding them and changing them and doing all the things you like and and – what it's like for Mozambican people to do that, there's so much more hands-on effort because every day is a struggle to just survive and put food on the table and you're caring for this little one and this is the issues of malaria and everything else. And and I was so marked by that experience. And, and later on, after the implications of the cyclone happened, we had an issue with some contaminated water that our, our daughter had got in contact with and a few of us had um and adults doesn't really harm that much we just had some diarrhea which no one likes but you know it passes it's the missions field exactly yeah, yeah but for happens. little ones it can be quite dangerous and we ended yeah. up long story short we had to like go to south africa and get treatment yeah. and it's in one of heidi's devotion yeah it's a story yeah. about grace so. and um she got healed but like my faith grew so much in that time because yeah. i was like so challenged by you know, a lot of these other families and there was that little girl that got swept away. Yep. There was kids that were dying of just of diarrhea because they'd ate, eaten green coconuts because there was no food because all the fish had left and yep. all the farms had been burnt by the terrorism before the cyclone came. And, and I was like, I have the privilege of actually being able to go somewhere and get my daughter treatment. And, you know, what, what makes my child more important than this Mozambican right. child? And nothing, nothing was my incredible. answer. And I was like, 
you know, how dare I have entitlement over my own child and I want to care for her, you know, everything in me that I can and, and protect her. But it just gave me this perspective of, of God's heart of like yeah. his heart breaks for this injustice that happens. And, and as Iris, we want to be, you know, spreading the gospel, but we always also want to be meeting those, you know, basic humanitarian needs and, it, it it was like so overwhelming, but it but seeing God come through and and meet the needs yeah. of those people, um, even when we're adapting to new challenges, adapting to this war escalating, adapting to COVID things happening, like God gives you know Heidi strategies, God gives Rafa our base leader their strategies. It's just it's phenomenal to see what God can do. Yeah regardless of the situation that seems so hopeless yeah. and um it made us just think like we can't doubt god because he's just yeah amazing like he always comes through and, and and he meets the needs and and his heart is breaking for what's happening there like, i i spoke with heidi a few weeks ago and uh when she was on an outreach i think she said something like 200 to 300 people gave their life to the lord in one of the camps and that's happening daily as they mm. go out so you have this 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 dichotomy, like I said before, of the chaos, but the gospel going out, mm. and it really—I think it's a—I think it's a beautiful reminder, and it's hard to even say beautiful. It is a—it's a heart. I think it brings really it brings the scriptures, the early church, the mm -hmm. the backdrop of the New Testament, right to life, right. And this is actually it was in these scenarios that the gospel went out, mm. spread, touched Rome, um, and and. I think your film, I think Nefento captures that really beautifully. And I can't wait for these guys mm. to watch it. Us too. Um, we, one of the, one of the shots is, is one of my favorites. Uh, and it's, and it's the drone shot mm. of the heart uh, of, of, uh, of people that were gathered. And that was actually you and I were there. Uh, I flew in after the cyclone. Mm. We went to a village and we were feeding a village that was pretty much demolished by the cyclone. And I got to share the gospel very, very quickly. We passed out food and you took the drone up and people were naturally just formed in the shape of a heart. You guys got to watch it. It was not orchestrated. It wasn't orchestrated. You might think it was, but um, that night, what people don't know mm. is that night, uh, right after we left, the terrorists came in, took the food that we distributed. And uh, I believe a few people were killed. Committed. Uh, houses were burned down. The um, school was ruined. Yep. Yeah. Um, those, it's those moments that, at least in my life, as I left there and heard about that the next day, that I, you have one of two options, right? You can go into your flesh and into you know just the world mindset, mm -hmm. or you can fall deep into the heart of Jesus. And because the only food is the gospel, mm, right? Yeah. We can feed, and yes, we do whatever we can to feed, and we're doing that. But without the gospel, mm. we perish anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know we have a limited amount of time with you guys today, uh, but we have something with, with the launch of this film. Uh, we have a website for people that are interested. Yes. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? If people want to see the film, how can they see it? If people want to mm. show it in their churches, mm -hmm. how can they do it? Can you just fill everybody yeah. in real quick? Yeah, so um, you can go to um, nefentu.com. Spell that out. 
You want to spell it out? Because <laughs> <laughs> people are, you know, are going like, to do silent G's and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's N-I-F-E-N-T-O.com. So it's pretty much and how there's it also sounds. a link on the Iris Global website. Okay. So And there'll be a link in the description of this video too. Yeah. And so um, we'll be releasing the film to the public um, sometime in November. So keep your eyes out on that website and there'll be details there. And also if you're a church or um, you've got a small group of friends or um, any anyone who wants to host a premiere, um, you can do that as well. You can. There's a form on there you can fill out and request to host a yeah. premiere yeah. before it goes public. So, and we've already um, had, you know, like 50-plus groups already. Yeah, and so the film will be free. Um, yeah. We felt really strongly that it needed to be an offering to God So um, and free access for everybody to be able to – um, view and yeah. hopefully um, to grow from and to learn from and to be prayerfully um, considering those who are in uh, Mozambique but also hopefully it will bring insight to what it could be like for other people in war zones all around the world. So, um, so yeah, you can go to the website and get some more details there. Great. And there's the, the trailers there It's uh, as well. It's on our YouTube channel. Yeah. And eventually it'll go up on our YouTube channel. Yeah. There'll be access for everyone. But we really felt as we were praying through this that that I, I, I'll never forget what you brought. You brought, I think, the the rough cut. And we were like, oh, are we going to put just put this up on YouTube? And I think that was our original plan was like just to get it out there. But when I saw it, I was like, this is bigger than mm. than just a, just let's throw it up as it gets lost in the mix of all the other amazing videos that we put out it's really important that I feel like the timing of it's just incredible. And it's really important that as many people see this as humanly possible. Mm. Uh, I think it, it just brings so much glory to the Lord, so much uh, insight into the early church and to what revival looks like mm. amongst unreached people groups and the, the joy of the Lord in the midst of suffering. It, it captures it better than almost anything I've ever seen. And I know that everybody watching this is going to fall in, in love with the film. And, uh, and so, so to you guys who are watching this, um, number one, uh, share this. Listen, we're, these guys didn't make this to become a big thing at all. That's not our heart, but we do want as many people as humanly possible to see this. And so share the trailer uh, amongst your friends. Share the link. Uh, get this information out to as many people, especially those who are struggling with their faith. I think that I, I walked away and just encouraged in my faith because so many people, especially through COVID, the, all this chaos, even the weird stuff around the charismatic movement, the prophetic movement, all of it. Like, I think this just cuts down to the core of the gospel and the beauty and the, and drinking from the cup of joy and suffering at yeah. the same time and capturing uh, this, this really significant moment in Mozambique in the history of the revival that's taken place. So those of you guys who have been running with us for years, don't pass this moment up. Uh, take, take a step, get on our website, start sharing this, start talking about it. And as, as we come to that November release date, we're going to be releasing more and more and more, but get involved and share the link. And, because I, I want as many people to see this mm. as as humanly possible, and I I just want to, as as one who's been running with you guys, we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. Um, I I am so proud of the excellence that you've brought uh, to the Iris Media um, and your own story. Like you guys can be off doing a million things, 
um, and being incredibly successful, but you have felt this call mm. to serve the Lord with your gifts and your talents. For anybody out there watching this, right? Um, could you just bring them through a little bit, just a very a quick process on how you went from really achieving excellence in music and in photography and and putting it to the side to go serve the Lord in the midst of a war zone? Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. Um, so I think for us, like, um, as I, I don't know if I mentioned, but we grew up and we weren't Christians when we grew up. So when we did become saved in our early 20s, for us, we'd already been pursuing like our hobbies and passions and James yeah. was a musician and he I was, was doing photography and wedding photography and just growing in fashion photography. And we even shot things like music videos and we're doing all these things that we loved. But when we became saved, for us, we felt like we had held all that stuff as an idol and um, we, we just realized that Jesus was real mm. and that really captivated us when we realized that God he is real this is not make believe this isn't pretend yeah um we've got to do something like what do you do when you find out the creator of the world made you and loves you mm. and how how do you respond to that love and for us we were just kind of captivated and we knew that we found this treasure in a field and we had to sell everything to be able to obtain this treasure and that's that's him and that relationship and intimacy with him. So we had built a house and we um, had jobs and we just sold our house and quit our jobs and we did harvest school. And after harvest school, we still didn't know we were called to missions, but um, the Lord brought us that way. And, and We as only I, realized within the first couple of weeks, oh, yeah, this is a mission school. <laughs> we, we, we just wanted to go somewhere where people were hungry and we heard yeah. there was revival. And well, God is like you can learn about God because yeah. we've gone all just these go years. Just go deeper with him, yeah. yeah. we had gone all these years not knowing him. So as soon as we realised that this Christianity thing isn't religion, this is the real deal, this mm. is about relationship with our creator, we are like, we're in. Like to a lot of people it looked crazy. Yeah. Um, and in a way we were because we are so desperate to know this king. And we were just so in awe of how he healed our hearts and redeemed and saved us. And and so we had this religious mindset that we got to lay down these idols in our lives, which was music and art and photography and videography. And then um, when we were at Harvest School, the Lord just convicted us both and said um, he gave us those skills and talents and he wanted us to use them mm. because we'd – felt very insignificant compared to these teachers and doctors and nurses and skill sets that are so vital for the mission field. We mm. overlooked what mm. he'd given us. Plumbers, and electricians. Even those plumbers was more <laughs> of a value things. than a camera. We thought it was quite vain, but um, as we've matured and just listened and been obedient with the skills that God's given us, we've realised that, you know, in Revelation it says that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And what greater tool than media to yeah. be able to share the testimonies mm. of God and to shout from the rooftop and to just share the gospel. So for us, it's really transformed the way we think. And, um, and yeah, so we feel really privileged that we can use it as a tool and yeah. just be obedient with what we've got, even though sometimes we would much rather throw the camera away and just be present and pray and minister to the people. We, we have to be um, good stewards of, of the things that he's given us. So. Wow, yeah. and even even those industries we are involved with, they're something that's been a real gift as well. Um, while we were on the mission field in Mozambique, we would come home for summer and have a break, but also 
work and that's what supported us on the mission field doing wedding, wedding photography. photography. So <laughs> like all these things that we thought were insignificant were actually um, always God's plan all along. And, and even during the pandemic and when the war was at its like escalating when we were there, God started talking to me about writing music again. So it's like all these things that you just think are insignificant and lay it down to him and he just gives it back. Yeah. And in and, and in a way that has greater purpose too. Like mm. it's and yeah. Yeah. I I mean if this is the f- this is your first film. Yeah. That's you know more than just I don't know a few minutes long. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh if this is the first fruits uh I can't wait to see uh, on what's coming next yeah. and I know I know people are going to just fall in love with the giftings th- that you guys have. This is done with excellence. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just blown away by this. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to have you guys on so you could mm-hmm. share your story and and share the vision of what God's done in this film. So, Thanks, man. Jess, James, thank you so much for thank coming you. on. Uh, I, the, the Green Room being the first one back in Tennessee. You guys are the first <laughs> in Tennessee. So thank you so much for coming on. And uh, for all of you guys that have watched this, like I said, go to nefento.com. Check it out. There's information there. There's information on how to get involved, information on if you want to do a showing in your church or your small group, sign up, uh, get involved, and like and and share this video. And just help us out as we want to share yeah. this free gift of a story that needs to be told yeah. and that and and that you guys are going to get to see. And I believe your life is going to get rocked by, by this film. So Jess, James, guys, I love you. Thank you so Thanks, much man. for coming on. Thank, Thank you so you. much for for just devoting yourself for years to capturing, serving, and and putting together this beautiful testimony of God's goodness in the midst of chaos. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on to talk about it some more. But thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Will. <laughs> Bless you guys. Thank you. Bless yeah. you.